Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Y'all ready for the Bible? I say you ready for the Bible. Amen. Let's get in the book then. Can we just raise your Bible up in the air? Let's just make a supernatural proclamation before we get into this word. If you got a Bible, raise it. If you got a digital one, raise it too. I just want you to repeat after me. Say, today, Today. I'm going to learn about the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Before I leave here, I I will be reminded reminded or taught taught something new new about the functionality functionality of of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. Put them down. All right. If you will, let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Uh, Let's jump into the 19th verse. I'm going to be reading from the New King James. You can follow along on the screens behind me. Uh, And then I'll jump into Acts chapter 1. Very, very familiar passage of scripture there. Acts chapter 1 verse uh, five through nine, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this, and uh, it won't be exactly what you think it was going to be, but it, it'll be a, a little bit of it, but we'll get there. Here it is, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, uh, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, this is Jesus speaking here. And then let's jump down to Acts chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. It says, For John truly baptized with water. But you shall baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they, ha- <clears throat> when they had come, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8. But when you shall, re- but when you, but, 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 you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Side note, God, Jesus is making it known to his disciples that the the priority of the spirit that you're going to be empowered with starts in your community that's closest to you before you try and go abroad with it. So I just want to make sure everybody in the room understands that when you do get filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, it is to enable you to be a witness right where you are. So let's not just focus on missions, trips, and things abroad, and those things are great, and God will send us abroad, but let's practice flowing and moving in the Holy Spirit right here. How about Embassy City? You should be serving somewhere in here, allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you as you, as, as you allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to serve your Jerusalem. So I need us all to make sure that we're paying attention to the Jerusalem that's in front of us and not just paying attention to the uttermost parts of the earth that's out in front of us. So let's make sure that we're serving where we are. Amen. Now he, now when he spoke these, when he spoke, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Uh, I'm going to use an old school 1970s show Um, to sermonize what I want to teach on today called uh, Three's Company. Three's Company. Touch your neighbor and say, come and knock at our door. (laughs) 
all my millennials like, what is that? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> my boomers <laughs> and my Gen Xers is like, yeah, we know what you're talking about. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> Somebody's going to be Googling on the way home. That's going to be a fun thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Threes have been very significant in the Bible for a very long time. Um, God seems to operate in these threes, and he speaks in threes from the beginning of time. Um, on the third day of creation, he created three things, land, ocean, and plants. Um, he, when he created man in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, Genesis 2, verse 1 through 6 as well, when he created mankind, he created man a body, a soul, and a spirit, okay? After the fall of, of man, the Bible describes only three men that were righteous that were left in the earth. That was Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Later in Genesis, we also find these echoes of, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There are these threes that run at us in every direction, but none more significant than the threes that took place after the children of Israel, of, of Israel were liberated from Egyptian bondage out into the desert where God called them there to worship him. And he had them, he had them resurrect or, or put together this amazing thing called the tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle was like an outside church, a place, a meeting place where God would meet with his children, where he would have conversations with them, and his presence would stand in the middle of all of the 12 tribes. And as long as they saw the smoke billowing at the top of, of, of this, this, this uh, tabernacle, they understood that the presence of God lived where they were. But I think it's so significant by the fact that when he was designing this thing, he saw a lot of threes there. There's three courts. There's this inner court, there's this outer court, and there's this thing called the holies of holies. In each court, there are three significant things in each court. In the outer court, there's the door. Now, you know there's only one door in the tabernacle because there's only one way to God, but that's through Jesus. Somebody talk to me. Yeah, so, so there, is, there is one door. There is a brazen altar where, where sacrifices are brought, where, where things that have to die uh, go on the altar. See, because before you can go a certain uh, distance in God, there has to be some type of sacrifice, you see. So the brazen altar was necessary before you could go further into, into the tabernacle. So this was the second item. And then there was a brazen lever where you would wash your hands and there would be constant washing because washing is important. And, and, and we have to be washed by the word every day and we have to allow the water of the word to to sanctify us to pull us in so there was these three things and then when you get beyond that into this curtain there was this curtain inside of the entire tabernacle now what I just described to you was all outside now we're going inside and inside are three different artifacts as well it's all set up it's the table of showbread because man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God he also said that bread had to be replaced on the table every day that if you try tried to eat the bread after a day that it would turn into worms because it, signif it signified that we have to eat the word every single day. And the word that was for yesterday was for yesterday. That's why you need a 
daily word. So there was these things that were set up there that was pretty significant. So that's one. And then you got two. You got the altar of incense that stands right in front of the veil. And it represents a continual prayer. See, we should always be praying. We should always be talking to God. We should always have conversations with him. And it doesn't have to be all deep. And, oh, thou of, of God, of my fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, thou old worship one, we love you and we thank you and we bless you for all that thou had done for us today. We love you, Lord. Doesn't have to be that way. Prayer is just communicating with God. He hears, Lord, I need your help. He hears, thank you, Lord. He hears, Lord, cover my baby today as he goes to school. Prayer. And then there's another artifact there. There's, there is the golden lampsteads. The golden lampsteads is, is significant because it is, it's candlelight in the room. It lights the room that's there, and it represents being led by the Holy Spirit every day. And now the Holy Spirit is now leading and guiding everything that you do. But these threes are all moving, and then you finally go into the final room beyond the veil, and you get into beyond the veil, and there is this artifact, and it is, it is the creme de la creme of the entire thing it is the ark of the covenant and there is this chest that's there and inside of the chest are three different artifacts as well it is it is the it is the pot of manna the golden pot of manna that would never go bad if you found the golden pot of manna today you could eat it because it is preserved ah god is a preserver he has a way of doing things that no man can do and he can do it beyond the time that you thought he could do it in somebody say amen the tablets were there, the Ten Commandments, the tablets, the original ones that Moses took and brought down from Mount Sinai when he came down from hearing and speaking with God. And those were in there as well because, you know, the word has to be there and the law has to be in there as well because God has to respect his word. So then you've got then you got Aaron's rod that budded. I like Aaron's rod that budded because it represents God picking something and someone. And it was a dead thing. The rod was dead. It had no life in it. There was nothing. It was not connected to anything living. It actually had to, it had to bud supernaturally. So this is good because you need to understand that God has the ability to supernaturally grow some things in your life. And it doesn't have to look like everybody else's thing. It doesn't have to take as long as everybody else's took because this thing budded overnight. Mm. And it had fruit and it had almonds and it had all types of things coming from it It was full bloomed and it just shows the glory of how great God is but yet these are three things just going through the tabernacle as we look through it and then we find ourselves to the three things I want to talk to you about today which is God the Father oh we all know God the Father the world actually is cool with God the Father There's a God. Sure it is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But then you go to the next one, then that's when they start tripping on you a little bit. God, the son. Jesus, the anointed one. The savior of humanity, the spotless lamb. Jesus is the second part of the Godhead. And some people trip about Jesus. But here's the thing about Jesus. Some people only trip about the fact that he is the salvation of the, of the world. It's really hard to deny his existence because history even tells the story of Jesus. So they might have a slight issue with God. They might have even more of an issue with Jesus. But who I came to talk to you about today 
is the one that they have the biggest problem with. And that is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Depending on how you went to church, where you went to church, what type of church you went to. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with running through the room. Nothing wrong with it. Oh, hallelujah. Just bask in his presence. His presence is just so sweet. Do you feel that? Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Do you feel it? Doesn't matter whether it was loud. Doesn't matter whether it was quiet. And it doesn't matter what the world has interpreted to be as well. Because this thing called Google is out of control. And these videos on YouTube will really mess some people up about the Holy Spirit. I have found some stuff that it just messed me up. And it created all types of confusion as to what people think about the Holy Spirit. I saw this one video. This dude was at his wedding. And the lady was beautifully dressed. She, she, you know, they were getting ready to do the wedding thing. And they were at the altar. And the preacher says, do you take this woman? He said, oh. (laughs) He looked like he was about to throw up. The preacher kept talking more. He said, ah. And then after about five seconds, this dude goes into a full-blown glory. And that's why a lot of you are afraid to have the Holy Spirit at your wedding. All my sisters in here like, you are not messing up my wedding today. We will deal with the Holy Spirit tomorrow. We are not having that happen at my wedding. But what I have learned is where demonstration happens without explanation, it leads to devastation. And then we don't understand the true essence of what's happening or the world that's watching the church doesn't quite understand what it's about. So therefore, there is this hands-off approach to the Holy Spirit. And it is the thing that is less embraced that's a part of the Godhead because people are confused about it, because people have different perceptions about it, because people have these ideas and thoughts about it that may not necessarily line up with biblical truth. So today, I want to be a judge, a jury, and a lawyer, and I want to build a case for why every single person in this room needs the Holy Spirit working in your life. Can we go through the word and just talk a little about what this Bible says about it? Can we do that? Number one, if you're taking notes, before I get to my points, I want to say this. If the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead, then that means it has a character, okay? The Holy Spirit has a character, and it expresses itself in a certain way. I want you to write this down. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Most famous, well-known, fruit of the Spirit uh, passage, but I want you to hear these because this is actually the character of the Holy Spirit, okay? And it reads, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit has a character. 
And when you see these characteristics, then you know that it is the Holy Spirit. That when you see these characteristics manifest in people around you and in yourself, then you know that you are operating in the Holy Spirit, that you are flowing in the Holy Spirit, that he is inside of you and he is showing himself through you through these different expressions. Amen. I love that it is plural and it says fruit because that means that all of them have the ability to be in you at the same time. That means that you should be able to be loving. You should be able to be kind. Oh, you should have some long suffering on that job. Mm -hmm. You should have some self-control, which is discipline. You should be a little gentler with your words. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he manifests himself through his character and his character is in the word here. Y'all tracking with me? Let's get into these points. Here we go. You ready? Number one, the spirit convicts. The spirit convicts. I didn't say the pastor convicts. I didn't say the preacher convicts. I didn't say the friend convicts. I didn't say the mom convicts. I didn't say the boss convicts. I said the spirit convicts because John 16 and 8 says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Can I tell you something? All my deeply spiritually saved, hallelujah, saints of the most high God, you've been saved for 10 plus years. Glory to God. I'm so grateful. God is so faithful. I'm in the club too. But can I say to all of us, we cannot be the Holy Ghost police. Oh, I felt a strong amen there in the room. Amen. Sister over here on the left was feeling that thing. The Holy Spirit has the ability to tell us what we need to do right. When I got saved at age 15, gave my life to Jesus, I got up off of the altar. I went home with my mom. And I started tearing posters off the wall. Lil' Kim, Master P, make them say, oh. <laughs> I start throwing away CDs, DVDs. Blink, blink, blink. Little black books. Stuff slowly started making its way to my dumpster. But guess what? My youth pastor never said, you got you to go home and throw away all your CDs. Tear down all your posters. Glory to God. Ah, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to tell you that. No one ever told me that. You know why? Because when you receive Jesus, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and he lives on the inside, and he comes to convict you of what you need to do to be right with God. You do not have to be perfect before you come into a relationship with God. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to make you right. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to get your heart in the right place. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to make you stop something that you think you got to stop before you say yes to Jesus. If you could have stopped it, you would have stopped it before you came to church. It is the Holy Spirit. He starts doing the work on the inside. Holy Ghost on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, folks used to sing it like that. Stop being the Holy Ghost police. Let the Holy Spirit work on your child. Let the Holy Spirit work on that person you just led to Christ. Don't hit him with a bunch of rules and rituals and, well, the Bible says. 
well, the Bible says, I, clearly right here, you cannot do that. Let the Holy Spirit do it because when the Holy Spirit does it, it stays done. When we do it, people just do it out of obligation and responsibility and guilt. And we never want to guilt people into following God. Number two, the spirit guides us into all truth. John 16 and 13 says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truths. Okay. For he will not speak of his own uh, authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Okay. Uh, it is, it is the job of the Holy Spirit to lead you in all things that are truth. Okay. The Holy Spirit has a way of making sure you stay in line with what is true. When you submit your life to the Holy Spirit, it has a way of leading you into truthful areas. Okay. Uh, so that means, that means that, that means that the Holy Spirit has a way of pulling you out of lies, lies that you believed about yourself. Lies that you've believed about the church. Lies that you've believed about people who love you. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us in all truth. So he has a way of presenting truth to us in a way that books could never present to us. In a way that education could never present to us. In a way that people could never present to us. And I'm not talking about just hearing from a preacher. I'm talking about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit when you're opening that book and he speaks something truthful to you. And he makes he makes he makes something come to life in some area of your life that you've believed a lie in all of your life. The Holy Spirit has the ability to lead you in all truth. Number three, the Holy Spirit regenerates. Genesis chapter uh, John chapter five talks about most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. That which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit has the ability to regenerate us? It has the ability to reprogram our computer. There's some really screwy stuff up here. That needs to come out. And it is the job of the Holy Spirit to go in and reprogram that thing, change out the components that doesn't need to be there, and replace them with better ones. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to make sure that we come in alignment with, with God's word. So it will go in and it will start regenerating things inside of us. Regene. Regene means to do it over again. It means to take out what's old and add something new. It's like a software update. It's like getting that software update that you're not sure about every time it comes out from Apple. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it supposedly is going to make everything better. And that is the job of the Holy Spirit to reprogram us and to regenerate us from the inside out. And it starts with our minds. Amen. Oh, this is one of my favorites right here. Uh, number four. The spirit looks and sounds like Christ. John 15 and 26 says, but when when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you, this is Jesus talking, who I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who, who uh, proceeds from the father. Okay, he will testify of me. Can I ask you something? Does your Holy Spirit sound like Christ? What do you mean, Pastor? Well, Jesus is the Word, and the Word made flesh. So my Holy Spirit should sound like the Word, which is Jesus. 
which is the character of Christ. So when I speak and I talk and my actions and how I carry myself, all of that should line up with who God is. It should sound like Jesus. We should be Christ-like because the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do it like Jesus did it. I love that God did not leave us alone. Think about this. The last part of the Godhead that actually still lives here on the earth is the Holy Spirit. And so many people are so confused about it that they refuse to embrace all of its benefits. Today, I believe that God is going to help us understand the value of the Holy Spirit and why we need it to be in our lives in all areas because it sounds like Christ. Your Holy Spirit should line up with the word. Don't tell me you got a word from the Holy Spirit and it doesn't line up with scripture. That's not Jesus. I saw a meme the other day. It was so funny. It says when somebody comes to tell you a word from God, but you have discernment and the Holy Spirit. And it had a lady like. <laughs> Make sure what you are being led to do sounds like Jesus, looks like Jesus, has the character of Jesus. Otherwise, it's not the Holy Spirit. We want to operate in the Holy Spirit the right way. Anybody, anybody with me? Okay. Uh, number five, the Holy Spirit discerns. It discerns. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. I love, uh, uh, Marcin is in the room, so I just got to mess with her real quick because I used to be on her mime team as a teenager. It was the first ministry that I became a part of as a teenager. I, now, I was just saved. I had just gotten my life together. I had just tore my posters off my wall. So I was righteous, but I still had a little righteousness, righteousness, ratchetness, had a little ratchetness on the backside of that righteousness. And, and I love the fact that I was around people like Marcine because she would check me with her discernment and she'd be like, no, you don't need to do nothing today. I just need you to sit and take in the service. I love people that were around me that would flow in the discernment of the Holy Spirit when I would show up for prayer and they could see something on me. Uh, come on now. They could sense something was off and they knew to pray for me. They knew to ask me if I was okay because the Holy Spirit is a discerner of people and intents and it can show you things that you cannot see with your naked eye. You cannot see it with your natural mind. It is something that only the Holy Spirit gives you intuition to see. Somebody with me? Number six, the Spirit leads. The Spirit leads. Romans 8 and 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Can I say this? Jesus is not willing to be a backseat rider with you. Not only does he want to pick the vehicle, but he wants to drive it too. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hand. We don't mean that. We say that when we're in trouble. But the truth of the matter is, 
if we say it when we're in good in a good place, when we if we say it before we make any decision, Lord, I need you out in front of me. Can you please lead me and guide me in this business deal? Can you please lead and guide me and tell me if I need to sign up for another student loan? Because that just does not sound like you. <laughs> All my college people say amen. Grants in Jesus' name. Scholarships in Jesus' name. Free education in Jesus' name. Long forgiveness in Jesus. Amen, sister. <laughs> Jesus, take it, Jesus. Some of us wouldn't be in the relationships we're in right now if we had let the Holy Spirit lead. Some of us wouldn't be on the job we're on right now if we'd have let the Holy Spirit lead. Some of us wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now where we're unhappy, but we make more money if we would have let the Holy Spirit lead. Because money does not always equal happiness. Status does not always equal satisfaction. So we have to be very careful that we don't get out in front of him and we're asking him to come along for the ride. I don't know about you, but in my life, I want him out in front. And if you're going to have him out front, guess what you got to do? Take your foot off the gas and let him lead. Because if he leads, then he's going to do it in his timing. And his timing is perfect because he exists in eternity. So he knows the end from the beginning. So we have to trust him that he's going to lead us in a good path. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm moving. Number seven, the spirit sanctifies. Mm -hmm. Second Thessalonians uh, chapter two, verse 13 says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, uh, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit. OK, I need you to understand that that when you got saved and you said, Jesus, I love you. You came down, and gave your life to Jesus. There's still some stuff. There's still some junk in your trunk. That still is inside of you, in your mind, and it still sits there. There's still some stuff that keeps you from connecting with people. There's still some things inside of you that makes you withdraw from males. There's still some things inside of you that live in your mind from the trauma of being abused as a child. I'm getting real, real now. Because a lot of us make the mistake of believing that just salvation alone will change all of those things. But can I tell you, you have to be renewed in your mind. And let me take it a step further. After you, after you get saved, there is nothing wrong with going to Christian counseling and dealing with some of the issues that the Lord is trying to sanctify out of your heart. Can I get a good amen right there? Because he wants to prepare you to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. He wants you to be right. 
He wants you to not have a heavy heart. He wants you to not walk around with bitterness and angry and anger and strife in your heart. He wants you to walk around free from unforgiveness and resentment. He wants you to walk around and be free. He did not save you so you could stay the way that you are. He saved you so that he could sanctify you and move all of those things and those blocks in your heart that will keep him from flowing through you. Number eight, the spirit empowers towards purpose. Acts one and eight, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Did you notice that after it says you shall receive power, the first thing it says and you shall be witnesses. That means that when you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, He's expecting you to do something with what he gave you. There is an assignment for your life that the Holy Spirit wants to fulfill through you. There is someone on your job. See, I need you to, I need you to think broader. I need you to think bigger. There's a reason you're still on that job that you don't like. There might be a purpose. There might be one person on that job that God is trying to save, that God is trying to deliver, that God is trying to encourage, that God is trying to inspire. And he could be using you. He could be using you. He could be using you to lead them to him. But are we submitted enough to allow the Holy Spirit to push us towards purpose? Or do we just want power just to have it? What are you doing with the power that you have? What are you doing with the gifts God gave you? Why are you not serving? Because when you're not serving, you're swerving. You need God all up in everything. You should be actively pursuing purpose and destiny. He did not empower you to sit down. He empowered you to stand up and serve and do something in this house and in this world that has his purpose connected to it. Amen? Two more. If I can get the keyboard, that'd be great. Number nine, the Spirit teaches us how to pray. Listen to this. This is a controversial one, so I'm going to take my time. Romans 8 and 26 through 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Uh, now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Sheesh! Can I tell you something? Speaking in tongues is one part of many expressions of the Holy Spirit. And if God blesses you with the gift of speaking in tongues, it is like going from using a handsaw to a chainsaw. You get the job done much faster, boo-boo. You can get to God much quicker because your spirit knows what's needed. And when you shut your brain off and you shut your heart off and you open up your spirit and let it talk to God, it tells God stuff that's going on and it comes up as an emergency 911. This is the real situation. See, because we don't really know what we ought to be be praying for but the spirit of God does so we ought to pray more in the spirit especially in our alone time especially before you read that book 
Especially before you go to work. Especially before you decide who you're going to get married to. <laughs> Especially before you sign for that student loan. God's talking about these student loans. I don't know what's going on. Somebody, somebody's going to have a testimony about a student loan this week. I believe that in my spirit. Inbox me. Tell me who it is. Where, whenever it happens, y'all let me know. And last but not least, I'm closing. Everyone stand to your feet. This has been fun. I hate to shut it off. Oh. The last thing, Matthew chapter 12. Okay, you don't have to put anything up. I just want to read this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 says something significant. God showed me a revelation of this in the first service during worship. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter the dwelling and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first first state okay this is what God showed me we need three's company we don't just need the father we don't just need the son but we need to fully embrace the spirit of God because when we get saved there is a weed that is pulled out of the garden of our hearts it's called sin and when God pulls that weed when we get saved it is so important that we allow the spirit of God to come in and fill that void where that weed once sat. And when we allow that spirit to come in and fill that void, it leaves no, hear me, it leaves no place for the enemy to come back to that he can settle back into your heart. The Holy Spirit is the deal sealer. He seals the deal. When you allow the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, he does things that blows your mind. He keeps the enemy out in ways that just messes you up. And he allows those voids in your life to be filled so that the enemy cannot come back and wreak habit in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Sheesh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, prayer team. Just step forward if you can. Nobody move, every eye closed. I want to ask you a real serious question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in this moment? What is he convicting you about? What is he challenging you on? Are you out in front of him and you need to get behind him? Do you lack discernment? Do you need to sound more like him? Because you've realized today that your Holy Spirit doesn't sound like Jesus. I don't know which one of these hit you today. But I know that God sent me here to give this message to you. Because he wants you to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to live in you and flow through you. Two is not enough. You need three as company. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's you in this room, you saw something, just raise your hand at me real quick. I just want to know who you are real quick. Just real quick, just real quick. Can we just show me, just show me real quick. I just need to know who I'm praying for. Can I see, can I see, can I see? I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I see you. I see you in the back, see you in the front. I see you all around on every side. I see you. I see you. God sees you. More importantly, the Holy Spirit sees you, hands down. Would you be so bold for me? Would you be so bold to come forward and allow one of our prayer leaders up here to come in agreement with you? And whatever area you're thinking about, 
that you need the Holy Spirit to shore you up in. Okay? You know what I heard in my spirit? Refill. I heard the Holy Spirit say, some of you just need to be refilled. Some of you just need to be re-reminded. Some of you just needed this re-reminder today. Some of you just needed to remember what the Holy Spirit is in your life to do. And today we believe that the Holy Spirit has made this thing known. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.